0: Cloud, I'm Jamin. I'm Casey. And I'm Olivia. And today we're continuing our journey through Genesis. So there's this weird story that we mentioned on Monday about how God shows up tangibly in person. Like it's the weirdest thing, the Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre. So we've talked a little bit about God just appearing before. What do you guys remember about that? What about these oaks? What about those things? Let's remember where we've gone before. This has to do with a spiritual place, right? Yeah, so the uh, oaks or terrapins were known in ancient times to be like a place where you might expect to find a divine being. And if you'll remember, that's where Abraham decided to live. Lot went towards Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham set up his tent right around the place where you would expect to find divine beings so you he set up his tent he set up his tent around a place where you expect to find divine beings don't do this to me <laughs> and so and so in doing that and doing that he uh, you know is trying to stay close by to god and who appears right here the lord and when i say the lord i do mean they're using caps lock lord you know like when l-o-r-d appears in your bible in all caps yeah When that happens, the word we're actually using is Yahweh. Uh, This was such a sacred name in the Bible, whenever it's used, they would write down Adonai instead, which we translate as Lord. Like They were just so afraid to write it down or say it out loud that Lord is is what we, we get instead. Which should weird you out because, you know, literally this says, And Yahweh appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre. And when we say appear, we don't mean like a vision in the sky or in the night or in your head. Because in this case, it's it's the Lord, it's Yahweh himself with uh, three men. Sorry, well, he's one of the three. Uh, Abraham looks up and he sees three men standing in front of him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them, bowed himself to the earth and said, Oh Lord, if you have found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought, wash your feet, and rest yourselves under a tree while I bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh yourselves. So it's like, hey, it's Yahweh. Yay, he's where I expect to find him if I were to see him by a divine, you know, by a terebinth. And uh, he's... Here, and I recognize him. How does he recognize him? Remember? He's seen him. He's seen him before, right? Beginning of Abraham's story, we did this episode about how God tells Abraham, go to the land that I will, you know, lead you to. And we see God appear in those moments before. So, counting Olivia's yawns again. Pretty much, yeah. Sorry. So, they, they head to... He heads towards where God sends him. He runs into God there. And the reason that he recognizes God when he sees him here is obvious he has seen God before. Actually several times by this point, though perhaps in Abraham's long life, it's still not that many times, you know. In this passage, it's just very strange. You have God show up, God get some food, get some grub, get his feet washed, (laughs) Hang out in a tent, and he's you got... can't say grub because I go to Lion King. If you say grub, you can go to Lion King. It's fine, but that's that's weird though because this is the lion himself and the lamb, and uh, he brings along his two friends Timon and Pumbaa. <laughs> there's three of them, right? There's these three. <laughs> There's these three spiritual beings. What's going on here? Wait, I'm envisioning myself
1: like Hakuna Matata reformatted to fit this Bible verse as a parody. That's what I'm seeing in my head right now. I'm
0: trying to think of some Hebrew words that might reflect the (laughs) Matata feeling, but I got nothing uh well abraham eventually you know gets to the point of like why are they here right now and it's kind of strange because what we get is uh um god decides he's going to tell abraham what he's up to uh because he's they're headed towards sodom abraham goes with them uh to set them out on their way and then god says shall i hide from abraham what i'm about to do seeing that abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him For I have chosen him, that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. It's an interesting passage where God is thinking to himself, and somehow it makes its way out of scripture here. But (laughs) Um, then Yahweh said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see whether they have done all together according to the outcry that has come to me. And if not, I will know. That's a weird passage, right? Right? Like, Yahweh had to come down to earth with some angel buddies to go check out Sodom and Gomorrah and see, like, is this as bad as I've been told? <laughs> like... God knows all things in the first place. So it's like kind of a strange, strange moment. Uh, And if if you really want to make it more bizarre, we've talked about this in previous episodes, but for me, this Yahweh character is Jesus. When you see a God in flesh or God in physical form in the Old Testament, usually known as the Word of the Lord or the Angel of the Lord. Yeah, we have a whole episode on the Angel of the Lord. In my opinion, the Bible from Old to New Testament gives you broad strokes that Jesus is this character in the Old Testament and puts on flesh and becomes uh, human form in the New Testament so anyways here's Jesus comes to earth see if it's as bad as they say it is uh, and he brings some angel friends and he sends the angels toward them right because the angels are the ones who go to Sodom and Gomorrah so w- what do we do with that like why are there angels just like scouting it out to see what's going on here? Can you think of any other moments in the Bible where anything like that happens? I mean, angels going before before Jesus.
1: Where? Well, to the shepherds. Oh,
0: yeah. So like they go ahead of mm-hmm. like to announce that Jesus has been right. born. Right. But is that like a scouting it out kind of feel? That's sort of what we have going on with Sodom and Gomorrah like we're here to see if if the cry is true or not
1: Yeah, if we're thinking about just angels going forth Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would that would fit more just angels going forth getting sent to scout Scouting Um, angels. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't have anything
0: You got anything? So this isn't entirely Like, this isn't a a one-off moment in the Bible. There's other times where we kind of get this feel. Job, let's start with Job. All righty. Olivia is going to read Job 1, 6 through 8. And we're going to see, like, right at the start, this kind of feel to a passage. So go ahead. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, From roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Okay, so that's kind of a similar feeling, right? So Job often gets set up in bad lights. Like, it just sounds like some divine bet between God and Satan. That's not really what's going on here. First off, I'm not convinced that this actually is Satan. Satan in Hebrew just means adversary actually the angel of the lord again this jesus character at one point in the old testament he is referred to as a satan is jesus satan
1: no
0: no obviously not the reason that he's called a hebrew satan in that moment is because he's opposed to a guy named balaam at that moment he shows up and he's oppositional he's an adversary to balaam Anyways, in the New Testament, Satan gets called Satan because this character in Job, like we all remember that what this guy's doing, it just sticks. Whoever that ultimate bad guy is out there, this is the way that he acts. Like he's against humanity, he hates humanity, he wants to see us suffer, things like that. So this is like a character development that the Jews are gonna remember later. Yeah, Satan, this ultimate bad guy that we know who he is, That's a good word for him. The way that this guy was acting. So the BBEG
1: becomes Satan even though he is the BBEG. BBEG? Big Big bad bad evil guy. guy. Yeah. What? Hang on. Say this again. (laughs) Why do you both know this? (laughs) It's a D&D term. Oh. So like your ultimate villain, like Uh your final boss, Mm -hmm. is usually your BBEG. Your big bad evil guy.
0: Okay. So there's always been this BBEG since the beginning of the Bible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. In the Old Testament, we get a glimpse of an angel with a bad day Mm -mm. (laughs) who is just referred to as a Satan. In the New Testament, we look back at that angel with a bad day, remember the BVEG, and say, man, Satan's a good word for that guy. Let's just stick with that because he acted the same way as that angel with the bad So we kind of track him with this. This may not necessarily be Satan himself, but this angel stands as like... A template of how Satan acts. Okay. <clears throat> With all that being said, the divine council is in session. That's how Job, that passage was. Like right? God is just calling out uh, everybody to all the the spiritual beings to come into His courtroom. Uh, it says the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Right? Sons of God are spiritual beings that serve God, so they all come in. And a Satan, an accuser, is among them. This is a divine council, so we're thinking courtroom, right? Mm-hmm. So the accuser walks in, or we would call probably, like, what, plaintiff? I believe his name is Ronan. Who's Ronan? Ronan the Accuser. Oh. Is this a and d thing again? No, no that's, that's an Avengers. Marvel. Yeah, all oh, right. Animals. Okay, all right, so I know Marvel. <laughs> Why don't I know this one? Okay. He was the big, or the evil guy. The BBG. No, oh, he was. The Ronin. He was just the
1: evil guy for Guardians. Oh, okay.
0: Well, also uh, Captain Marvel. Okay. Well, uh, all right. Well, <laughs> before we throw too many. Sorry. <laughs> characters I can't remember. Um, this, a spiritual being, a son of God, comes into divine council and is an accuser. He's the plaintiff on that day. And he's got, he's got some ideas for Yahweh, right? He's like, God asks him, where have you come from? And this accuser answers God saying, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down it. (laughs) And the idea is like, he's strolling about watching humanity and humanity sucks. They're the worst. Like they're messing up over and over again. This is his accusation. Humanity is not good, God. Like they're not worth it. Like they suck. Uh, They're, they're just, they're crashed. They're the worst, right? Uh, And like, that's not all said there, but you, you understand what's going on, right? He's just like those angels walked into Sodom and Gomorrah to scout it out, check it out, see if the accounts were true. This accusers walking across the earth to and fro and he just comes and God's like where do you come from walking to and fro God's immediate response is have you considered job which <laughs> is like a weird jump except that we should be reading in all of this stuff about as he's looking throughout the earth he's finding humanity's the worst God's response like job have you considered job is because is job the worst This guy's actually righteous. This guy's doing well. To which this angel with a bad day, who's not super into the way that humanity's acting, his response is, well, of course he likes you because you feed him. That's a Charlie Brown reference. When Charlie Brown's like, Snoopy loves me, and Lucy's like, no, you just feed him, so of course he loves you. It's the same. (laughs) Too many references today? (laughs) I mean... Sure, it's the same thing here (laughs) where where this this angel with a bad day hipster angels just like Of course he loves you. You got this whole Soul fence around his life like everything's perfect. This is actually where we get that term uh, uh, We use in especially charismatic circles all the time. uh, Oh, what is it? What's the phrase a hedge of protection? Okay. That comes from Job. Of course he likes you. You have a hedge of protection around him. Everything's good. He's got all the blessings. Nothing goes wrong for Job. But I bet you, just to prove to you that humanity truly is the worst, you take all that good stuff away from him, and he'll curse you to your face. He's just like everyone else. I walk to and fro. They're the worst. Job's no different. Now, that's a very different setup to usually the way... Usually we're just like, why would God do this? You know, really God's like trusting in humanity more than like angry hipster angel here. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, no. I'm telling you, like humanity's they they can they can do this. And Job is a, a good example and we'll go ahead and test him to prove to you that humanity is worth it. Like that's a that's a much more beautiful depiction. Usually we just read Job and we're like, "Wow, God just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, go ahead, torture the guy!" <laughs> and we're like, "Why? Why did this happen?" Uh, but the reason that we bring it up is because we have this idea again of sons of God, angelic beings, spiritual beings mm, patrolling, patrolling, patrolling the earth. And kind of like coming back to the divine council with a report. All right, God, here's what's going on. Here's what I saw at Sodom and Gomorrah. Here's what I saw as walking to and fro throughout the earth. Uh, let, let's go ahead and find at least one more example. Zechariah has uh, another place where we have spiritual beings kind of on patrol across the earth. Go ahead. All right, so
1: this is Zechariah 6, um, starting at 1. Again, I lifted my eyes and saw, and behold, four chariots came out from between two mountains, and the mountains were mountains of bronze. The first chariot had red horses, the second black horses, the third white horses, and the fourth chariot dappled horses, all of them strong. Then I answered and said to the angel who talked to me, What are these, my lord? The angel answered and said to me, These are going out to the four winds of heaven after presenting themselves to the Lord of all the earth. The chariot with the black horses goes toward the north country, the white ones go after them, and the dappled ones go toward the south country. When the strong horses came out, they were impatient to go and patrol the earth. And he said, Go patrol the earth. So they patrolled the earth, and then he cried to me, Behold, those who go toward the north country have set my spirit at rest in the north country
0: so i know there's a lot of language there it feels kind of old school but like you just read like the angelic police force of the universe right Right. like you've got you've got horses you've got chariots and you've got these angels just like the four winds of the earth is the way that they're described patrolling and you gotta remember Ancient cosmology, they're not living on a globe, they're living in their minds on like a piece of flat land. North, south, east, west are all kind of like in those ish directions. So they um they're thinking of how these angelic policemen <laughs> are like keeping track of the whole earth as they're Riding their chariots through it. It's it's an interesting picture, once again, of of a strange yet divine council scene of the sons of God paying attention, reporting back, and things like that. I actually think we're going to see those four horsemen come back at some point. Are those the four horsemen of the apocalypse? I think uh the four horsemen of the apocalypse in Revelation is a play off of Zechariah. John takes all the bizarre passages through the whole Bible and Hodge it back together how in ways that he wants throughout Revelation. And when those four horsemen show up in Revelation, you notice like they represent not great things. Like it's It's what? You've got death, you've got... I think
1: famine?
0: Famine, you've got sword. Disease. um, Yeah, disease. Like, it's, it's bad. And I wonder, if we're already thinking, like, four angelic beings patrolling the whole earth, so they're almost representative of, like, our eyes are seeing everything. North, south, east, west. If in Revelation, these angelic beings are referred to again, um, in a hodgepodge kind of way, I almost wonder if it's like the whole earth has been filled, as the patrolmen report back. It's been filled with death and famine and disease and sickness and and uh, uh, all these different kinds of things. Like it's as though the horsemen themselves have been inflamed with. Almost as though they represent what the whole Earth's been filled with. I don't fully know yet what to do with those. Like, John's obviously playing off of them, in my opinion. But I don't fully understand, like, his connections yet. But I do think there's this idea, like, if these four guys in Zechariah patrol the Earth, pay attention to what's going on, and report back to the Divine Council, then when they represent these themes in John's revelation, I would say that these are things that they have seen the Earth filled with violence hatred pain disease hurt all that and so um, yeah, it's just it's interesting that Sodom and Gomorrah the idea is just these two angels walking around not the only time it's happened like it comes up throughout the Bible a few other times and maybe there's a lot more passages that I'm unaware of but I at least want to point out a few today to get us kind of thinking in these interesting ways why if God knows all things, why? I don't have an answer fully to that. The closest I could come is just as God doesn't need us, but decides to cooperate with us. God doesn't need spiritual beings, but decides to cooperate with spiritual beings. And so he gives them missions. They're expected to report back. And when they report back, who knows? Maybe they have some say in what they should do from there on out. You know, like... Uh, did the angels that, that went to Sodom and Gomorrah, like they probably showed up knowing like if these reports are true, or God's going to remove this place, you know, he's gonna send fire from heaven. Um, so maybe they play a part in like giving God the okay that we as your divine counsel would agree that that seems like something that needs to be done here because it's just so wicked. Like we walked into town and the things that they wanted to do to us, God, you wouldn't even imagine it is as bad as, as everyone has said it is. You know, like those those are strange stories for sure, right? right? But God's collaboration and cooperation with beings that are lesser than him, because that's the way that he likes to do things. That just seems to be a case that comes up a few times. Uh, Paul talks about entertaining angels. You know that old song? Olivia doesn't. We figured that out earlier. What is that passage? Yeah, Hebrews 13.2 says, Do not neglect to show hospitality of strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Uh, And that, uh, most would say, is a reference back to the story with Abraham, is that he sees God and these two others, and he entertains them, and like welcomes angels into his house, unaware that this is what he's doing. Perhaps it's a reference to Lot too, you know, was he fully aware? I don't remember offhand, but either way, they bring in the patrol without fully knowing it and like situation changes and escalates and moves along its way from there. Think of this, if Abraham hadn't entertained these strangers, Lot probably wouldn't have been spared. Because the is then gonna go on to say, God, if you can find at least a few righteous people there, will you still burn it down? And God agrees, no, uh, not for a few righteous. And then he finds so few righteous that the only one he spares is Lot at Abraham's, basically Abraham's request, so. With that being said, strange stories in the Bible, the spiritual realm is a lot more complicated and confusing than you might think. And we've got 20 seconds to tell you what to do from here. Be sure to like, comment, and take a nap. What? Why a nap? No, no, she's right. (laughs)